Good morning, everybody. Uh, today, Bez Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Chafin, Maseches Gittin. It's really amazing to be back, Baruch Hashem. Uh, mazel Tov to Yisrael Ruvain and Avigal Ruslu-Chansky, who got married last night in Lakewood. Yeah, got home late, but it was worth it. I danced with Rabbi Rose uh, Shlita, who said to me, um, you know, this uh, Shmuel Lublin, He's a real Tavar Chacham. So what is that supposed to mean? I mean, he is a real Tavar Chacham. So thank you to Shmuel Lublin for filling in last week. Um, and Andrew said he wasn't used to the style. So I was flattered. But he said, no, he meant because Shmuel Lublin finished the daf. So that's savage, Andrew. I'm going to, if for no other reason, I'm going to try to spite you and finish the daf today. So let's, without further ado, begin two lines up from the bottom of Yates Ahmed Bey's. Uh, unusual case. This is an interesting case. I love this case. Ahu gavar the al of Eknishta. Did you get up to this? Ahu gavar the al of Eknishta. Shakal sefer Torah. Yarev lo ledevisu ve'amar lo hagitech. Right. So a dude goes to the shul, goes to the base knesset. Shakal sefer Torah. So what is he doing? Usually it says v'kasav right v'nasan lo. You're supposed to take a get. Write it out, and we'll discuss the anatomy of a get soon enough in Masechus Gittin, and then give it to the wife. Okay. This dude knows that the parsha of Gittin is found in the Sefer Torah. So, what's the case? So, one possibility of what the case is, he figures, well, if the parsha of Gittin is written in the Sefer Torah, maybe I should just take a Sefer Torah out of the Arnon Shul, get the key from Arn, from, uh, right, from Shechter, and, uh, and then give the wife the Sefer Torah and say, here, uh, okay. So that's what he did. Shakal Sefer Torah, he gave it to his wife. Here's your get. Good, you're divorced. So the kasha is, does that work as a gittin? Is that, is that a valid get? Okay. So says Rabbi Yosef, why would we even think that that's a thing? That could never work. Because as we, could, we will see, right, there's only kind of two possibilities of how this case would work, and both of them are ridiculous, as follows. If, so this is the less ridiculous possibility. The most ridiculous possibility we'll see is that he actually thought that the Sefer Torah itself was a get, because we didn't learn the anatomy of a get fully yet, but we know that it has to have the name of the man and the name of the woman. That certainly is not going to be right in the, in the Sefer Torah, so it's for sure not going to work, but let's see. So say, this is what we recently discussed. If you're going to say that it's because of that invisible nut juice, right, that's, that's faded. So here the assumption is that what? That you're taking the, as Rashi explains, right, that he took the Sefer Torah and like on the back of it, he used the parchment of the Sefer Torah to write, right, to get on the back of that. That can't be the case because because we already just recently learned that you can't, uh, Write a Sefer Torah. You can't write with Meimilin on top of Meimilin. It doesn't work. What does that mean? The last Rashi on your Testament base. Yeah, that part of the processing of the cloth of a Sefer Torah is to sort of coat it with Meimilin. Uh, so once you put Meimilin on top of Meimilin, it's not a visible, it's not considered a, a visible kind of writing. And therefore, that can't be the case. The case can't be that he put May Milan on top of May Milan. Okay. As we finally arrive at Imishim creases the Isba. This is what I, how I originally described the case. If what was happening is that the husband had in mind, creases the Isba means 
the reference to to Croesus, the reference to Gittin, Croesus severance. If it's referring to the severance of Gittin that is written in the Sefer Torah, the Isba, right, as the as the first Rashi and Chafam Ralph says, Shaksuva ba parshas v'chosav la Sefer Croesus, right, the Sefer Torah has the reference the parsha of Gittin in it. If that's what he had in mind, let's use the text of the actual Sefer Torah, the parshas Croesus. In as a get itself, that can't be, says the Gemara, because it needs to be as we've described many times in the Parsha of Gittin, that you have to write it Lishma, there is no Lishma over here, right? So, either way, this idea of going, opening up a say, an Aron, taking a Sefer Torah, giving it to a wife, and saying, this is your get, is ridiculous. So, the question then is, why do you even bring up this case, says the Gemara, so the question is, if you think that this is a real case, so maybe, now, now we're going to bring a case of maybe you would think that it should work for the following reason, that maybe prior to writing the Sefer Torah, Andrew, right, who wrote, where did he get the Sefer Torah? Like who gave this guy the right to uh, take a Sefer Torah out of the Aron. Chaim Shechter wouldn't necessarily give him Rishus to do so. No, so this is a special, unique guy. This is a guy who, at the very time that he wrote the Sefer Torah, he commissioned the Sefer Torah. The Sefer Torah actually belonged to him, Andrew. And the guy was a little bit weird. And he said to the Sofer, at the time that he was writing the Sefer Torah, way back in the beginning, he said, by the way, when you get to the Croesus part, have my wife in mind, you know what I mean? Just in case. And so the whole Sefer Torah was written with that in mind, or at least the Parsha of Gittin within the Sefer Torah was certainly written with that in mind. And then, you know, they put the Sefer Torah in the Aron at Sharazain, and he called Chaim and he said, it's time, I'm going to use this as a get, and Chaim opened the Aron for him. That's, let's read it inside, right? akdim, right? Right at the, he, he sort of, Anticipated that this might happen. At the very beginning, when the when the Sefer was writing the Sefer Torah, he said, "Have in mind, right, right, to write as Rashi says, to write this parsha for uh, my wife. Have her in mind." So says the Gemara. No, he says, you know, the kavana is one thing, but you know, you can't, you have to physically have right. Uh, this word Shina is, is funny here, and some take out take it out of the gear. So, but you need Shmo, Shma, Shem Yerova, Shem You need the name of the husband and the wife and the location. Those are part of the anatomy of a get. Veleka, and that certainly is not going to be in the Sefer Torah. So, either way, the Sefer Torah is certainly not specific to this specific to, to this Gershin, and therefore it can't be used. So, that's right. Andrew, they're right. Andrew says there are a lot of very common biblical names. <laughs> if they live in Goshen or in whatever, right? That's true. Great point, Andrew. It could be that they live in um, in Ashtaros Bedrei, right? Whatever, right? And you can connect it, the dots. That 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 that's a that's an interesting. That would be an interesting case, Andrew. But um, apparently, you would have to be uh, in, in a certain in a certain text textual order you're, you're speaking like you're, you're 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 speaking like a guy who doesn't want to give away the ninth paragraph of Gittin. so the anatomy of the get is certainly not going to be in this in this sefer torah and therefore Veleka, since we don't have that uh those 
right, it's constituents of the, of the anatomy. Now, the question is really if this is the rice of the Rabbana. That's what you meant to say. The idea of having Shema, Ushma, Shemi, Ro, Shemi, Ra, and that is actually Machlokas in the Mepharshim. The Ramban learns it from, how do you, why would you say that it's critical to the anatomy of a get to have Shema, Shema? Because it says, because of La Sefer, Krisus, Sefer is like Sipur, narrative. There is no story without, right, characters, the main characters and the place, right? And so therefore, it's not much of a story if it's just, right, the description of the, of what Gerishin is, as we find in the Torah. And so it is for that reason that the Ramban will say that it's, it's not even going to be valid midoraisa. Others may say that it has to be valid, that there's also a Durbanan aspect because it has to be specific to them for that reason. But be that as it may, whether you're writing it with gallnut juice on the back of the Sefer Torah or you're just using the Sefer Torah as a Sefer Krisis, there would never be a case where this would work. So the question is, the Gemara asks, Rabbi Yosef, my Kamash So since it's obvious that this would never work, why are we even learning this story? Says the Gemara, Chain me milan al gabe me milan. To learn the idea of Mamie, that, that we uh, aforementioned, that if the case is where you use the gallnut juice on top of the Sefer Torah, you should know that gallnut juice doesn't show on top of the gallnut juice treated Torah scroll, and it doesn't show enough to validate as actual writing, and therefore that sounds like a side point, and that's really the only reason why, but it is an important point nonetheless, and therefore it is the reason why we even brought up this funky case. Okay. Fine. So now we're talking about, we have to write the Getlishma, right? So says six lines down on Chafam Rath, Amar Chista, an interesting case. Get behavior of That's an interesting case. The original Get was bought, it was a stock item on Amazon, but it happened to have had the right names. Some, you could find anything on Amazon, right? So you find a Get with the right name, you get it for $29.99, and you order it, good. But you know it wasn't written for this specific couple. That's a problem. But what do you do? What, so maybe what you could do is, right, you're like an amateur so far. You can't really write get on your own, but you get it off of Amazon with the right names. And then you just copy over it, right? You write over it, kul muslishma, right? You sort of like uh, rewrite on top, use it like, almost like as a template to write it lishma on top of it. And so the second time around, the second coat of ink, if you will, is lishma. So, at, so would that work, right? Would that satisfy the requirement of the Shema for Gittin? So, says the, the Gemara, Banu the Machlokas of Yehuda Rabbanon. This would be a reflection of the Machlokas of Yehuda Rabbanon, which we'll see later on. Bezrat Hashem and Dalim and Beis. The Tanya, because the Brisa says, Harisha Yatzarich Lichtovetz Hashem, Veniskavin Lichtov Yehuda. This is a uh, uh, a situation of any any Sifrei Stam. Okay, um, and Sifrei Stam. Do they have the aspect of the Shema? That in itself is a question. But let's. Let's first have the case. So, a Sefer Stam is supposed to write the Shem Hashem, right? The Yudke Vavke, but Veniskavin Lichs of Yehuda. In other words, he had the wrong Kavana. In other words, he didn't realize, right? He had a little bit of a slip of the mind. And even though he was supposed to write the Shem Hashem, he mistakenly thought he's supposed to write Yehuda. And that was his Kavana. But sure enough, But he mistakenly wrote the right thing. Right, he mistakenly wrote Yud Kevavke, which is what he was actually supposed to do. But he did it like with the wrong kavana, because he mistakenly was trying to do Yehuda and like Hashem protected him, so to speak, right? He had this, he had this Yat Deshmaya, that even with the wrong intention of writing Yehuda, he wrote the Shem Hashem, which is what he was supposed to write. And the question then is, is that okay? Because he had the wrong kavana. He had the kavana for the Shem Yehuda, even though he wrote the right thing, which was the Shem Hashem, 
Does this work? So says the, uh, so that's a machlokas, right? The Brisa says, my, one shita is, my verlov kulmus mekacho, divi Rabbi Huda. Rabbi Huda says that you're supposed to write over that, umekacho, it's interesting, lashon, right? That's how you make it kadosh, right? You can make it work by writing over it with the proper kavana, but you can't just leave it the way it is because it was not written with the proper kavana. So you have to write over it. That's Rabbi Huda. ein Hashem mina mufchar. Ein Hashem in a Muvchar. There's a little bit of uh, of a source over here as to why that's the lashon that they use. Ein Hashem in a Muvchar technically means this name is not, you know, from the preferred Zekeli Van Veu, if you will. I'm a little bit anticipating what's going on. I'm foreshadowing, if you will. But he's saying it's not the best. Rashba explains this means it's puzzle. In other words, it's not good. It doesn't work. Which is to say, if you write on top of it, once you've written it with the wrong with the wrong kavana. You can't, right, put that toothpaste back in the tube or the ink back in the inkwell, okay? And therefore, uh, writing over it is not going to help. So that would seem to be the same machlokas by a get that was written Shalishma. Is that salvageable by writing over it with a second coat Lishma? That's the question. So with the case of Sifrei Stam, Rabbi Yehuda would say that you can May put on a second coat lishma and it would work. And the chachamim say you cannot. Once you wrote it lishma, you cannot go back and it will not work. So, so that is now we're creating a right an analogy between sifrei stam and the gittin. The question is, is that analogy correct? So Amar Ravacha Bar Yaakov Dilmalohi. Maybe this machlokas that we see between Rabbi Huda and chachamim with regards to sifrei stam about whether a second coat lishma would work. Maybe that does not apply to Gittin. Why? Adkan loka ame rabbanon haslam ela deva ina zekeli van vehu. And this is, this is interesting. Barry, which would you have thought, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I haven't seen you in a while. Which would you have thought would have a higher requirement of lishma, the get or the Sefer Torah? Oh, fine, you got it right. Okay. All right. Uh, so, so Barry is correct. He, Barry thinks that the Sefer Torah would have a higher requirement of Lishma. I would have thought the opposite because you have no, uh, uh, well, because we're so familiar with Lishma being associated with Gittin. So I thought, ah, oh, so that has to be Lishma. But the answer is, I'll say it outside first and I'll read it inside for you, Andrew. The answer is that with Gittin, it's pragmatism, right? Like it has to be pragmatically written Lishma. But it's not like a ritual thing necessarily in the same way as a Sefer Torah. A Sefer Torah is a chefetz of a mitzvah that's like, that has kedusha. And as such, with those things, there's an element of zeh keli van veu. It's like a chefetz of a mitzvah of kedusha, and therefore it has to be zeh keli van veu. It has to be inherently, right, uh, done in the proper way, and you can't just write over it, as opposed to with get, as long as it works, you know what I mean? As long as you get it practically to be written Lishma, right, at the time uh, that you do it, that, or even afterwards, then as long as you get it to the point where you need to get it, then it should work. Let, let, let's read this inside as follows. Says the Gemara. With regards to the Sefer Torah, you have an issue of as Rashi says, He's not elephant of the mitzvahs, right? Because this is the chafetz of mitzvah and kedusha. You have to say keli van veu. We have to. We learned this sugya, guys, in the beginning of the third parak, lulav gazel of sukkah, right? The whole concept of a uh, pre-eitz hadar, 
Zekeli van Veu, the sugya, the tosfos there, as to, you know, which mitzvahs this would be inherent to, right? That if you don't have it in the beautiful, this is my God, and I will proclaim his beauty, right? Um, so all of these ideas, right, are very critical, right, to the chefetz of a mitzvah, okay? However, veleka, and, and therefore, veleka, in a case of a Sefer Torah, if it's written lolishma originally, so then that, that lacks that inherent beauty. However, aval hacha, but here in the case of a get, that's not an inherently, right, kadosh object, and therefore it doesn't have the requirement of zek keli ven veu. And now we're just talking about, right, pragmatism. Can it work? Low, right there, the, as Barry um, figured out, the rabbis, right, are not going to ask it for, for it to have the lishma inherent. Writing on top of it and tracing over by original writing, as long as you get it done, right, then eventually it should work. So one could argue that whereas Rabbi Yehuda and the Chachamim argue in the case of, right, uh, right, that, that whereas they would argue in the case of a Sefer Torah, whether writing over it a second coat lishma would work, uh, maybe they would both agree that that they that it would certainly work in a get because in a get after all right you can just write over and as long as you get that written out the shema even if it's a second coat you've done your duty your your due diligence and now you can hand over that get because even Rabbi Huda and the Chachamim would agree that that would actually suffice to uh, as a as a get written the shema right because it's not a ritual thing Barry it's not like you're doing a mitzvah with every letter that you write. Yes, it's true that there's a mitzvah of garrison in a case where it's appropriate, but the contract itself, right, the star itself just needs to get done, right? So you're not, you're not, it's not like you possled a get, right? I, I think the same might be true. Now I'm going, now I'm going a little speculation, but I think this is true, that, you know, we get, uh, when somebody realizes that there's a psul in the Sefer Torah during laning, right? So like everybody stops, and it's a whole to-do, and you have to treat it with Kedusha, and you bring it over to the, to the software, and you have to do it with the right kavanas to, to fix it up. It's not, right? We treat it like a, like a chefetz of Kedusha. Again, it's just like, this is the document, and it's true that we need to have the document done in the proper way, but there's, there's less of an element of, like, of reverence, right, with respect. We just, just get it done, right? Just make sure that it's okay, and if you wrote it the wrong way, so erase it, and write it the proper way, right? It's a different... Uh, Kind of, it's a different kind of thing, and so that is the point over here. Fine. So now, fifteen lines down on Chafam Ralef, Amar of Chista, Yachilna lemifslinhu lechulei gita de'alma. Okay, so Rav Chista said, you know what? I have a thought that could, if I said this thought, it could possible every get in the world. So I, I was I was uh, learning this actually with uh, my buddy R. A. Barnett, and we were talking about how Rava. Right, there's a little bit of a hierarchy. Have Rabbi Yosef we just mentioned, and Abaye when he's when he's with his Rebbe Rabbi Yosef, um, Abaye is always the man. But Rava, as we've always said many times, wipes the floor with everyone, just about. And so once Rava gets involved, Rav Chista is not going to last very long. But anyway, Rav Chista says that I could passel on a certain thing. If I said this, I could possibly ever get in the world. So Rava shows up. I'm Rava. My time. I said, let's let's hear this. If you think that that you think that the thing that would possible every get in the world is because it says and what that implies is right um, so, so what 
so what does the what does the mean? That at the time, right? So again, Rabbi is anticipating what Rav Chista is going to mean. Rav Chista is saying that there's a certain fatal thing that can happen in a get that if I brought it up could possible ev- just about every get. What is it? So what is that thing? So Rava's anticipating that he's saying like this. The chasav means that at the time that the husband writes the get, it has to belong to him. Okay, fine. So what's the problem? It says, v'hacha And here there's a case where the wife writes, like, makes sure that the, the get is written for him. So really the get belongs to the wife. So he says, that is not going to work because why? Maybe the rabbis gave the money to the husband for the fee of the, of the sofer so that really it is true that the sofer is actually doing the husband's bidding and not the wife's. So, I mean, where, where are we, what are we talking about over here? So, and why was this what Rava thought? Uh, that's what he was talking about. So, so this is basically iu kasvale. So see Rashi. No tenet schar hasofer kedamin begemar to get pashut mishum takanas agunos. Okay. So again, I don't know why this would apply to every get in the world, but the assumption is like this: the wife. We don't want the wife to be an aguna. This is what's going on. Okay. That's what Rashi says, right? Mishum takanas agunos. We don't want the wife to be an aguna. So the case that Rava anticipates, Rav Chisla is talking about, is a case where the wife is trying to move the process along, okay? And in order to do so, she's the one that commissions the sofa to write the get, okay? All right, so now that we're oriented, the question is, can she do that? Because when it says v'kosov la, it sounds like it is the husband that has to commission the sofa to write the get. So this is what Rava is anticipating is the case that the woman commissions to write the get and it is therefore a violation of a cuss of law and therefore it is for that reason that Rav Chista thinks that it's going to be invalid. Says Rava, that does not invalidate the get. Why? Because Vidilma Aknuye Aknula Rabbanon, right, is an application of what? Hefker based in Hefker, as the Rashi says, which is to say that just like when there's a chasana and you say that we say that every kiddushin is kedas Moshe v'Yisrael. So Chachamim have tremendous power, authority in these matters, right? So when it comes to inyanim of getting in kiddushin, we really want to make sure that nobody gets nailed, right? So, and we want to avoid agunas at all costs. So what do we do? We say every, every marriage is kedas Moshe v'Yisrael, and if there's going to be some financial issue where we say there's a dispute as to whether uh, this get was commissioned by the husband or by the wife, and therefore that may compromise the get, the halacha is going to be what? Hefker based in hefker, which is, we've already discussed, but it's a very right fundamental idea that with certain areas, we give Chazal the authority to say, you know what? When it comes to the money, we're going to, uh, we're going to act as if we have the money, which is to say, it doesn't matter who commissioned this sofer, we are taking control of this money and we're saying that this money is considered as if it was commissioned by the husband, even though he's not the one that paid for it, for purposes of making the get because of law, we're going to say it's as if it's the money's, it's the husband's money. Uh, another way of saying it would be healthcare based on healthcare, right? We're going to reappropriate the money. So we're going to say is, yeah, the wife commissioned it, but guess what? The sofa has the money. He got paid. So 
once, as long as he gets paid, we're going to consider it as if the payment got from the husband. So we'll say, okay, Hefker pays in Hefker. The wife gave it to, to the sofa. The sofa, let's say, was mocked to the husband, so to speak, and took it back. Whatever it is, the sofa got paid, the, and therefore it's considered as if the husband gave it to him, and therefore that is not going to possibly get. So Rav Chista, get that Vakasov out of here, right? It's not the, going to be what's going to possibly get. That's one way, the one thing. Okay, so what's the other possibility, says Rava? Maybe you think that it's because it says Vikasa Vinasan, so Vikasa we took care of. That's never going to be a soul of the get. What about Vinasan? Maybe you have a case over here where, again, Vinasan would imply, and again, this is implied in Rava, but he doesn't say it straight out, that he has to give her something that has value. And here, he didn't really give her anything of value. Why? Because the paper that the get was written on isn't worth, right, the get isn't worth more than the paper that it's written on. And therefore, Vinasan, always, in every other case, when you have Nisina, a giving, and a halacha giving, it, it is a giving of value. And here, there is no giving of value, right? Because it's not worth more, what, what is this get going to be worth to anybody else? Nothing. You can't sell it on the street. It has zero street value, zero market value. And therefore, Vinasan has to be something of value. And this get with the exception of this particular garrison, other than that, it doesn't have any value at all. And therefore, maybe that's a violation of Vinasan, and that's how you're going to possible. That one's already universal, right? That could possible ever get uh, in the world. Says Rava, that's not going to work either. Why? Because Dilman has seen us get here. Yeah. Because when the Torah says, right, because of Vinasan law, it means that that is Nasina. In other words, there's an implied Chiddush there that even though the get is not worth more than the paper that it's written on, in the context of getting, because it works, that actually makes it a Nasina. Okay? That, that's an exception where despite the lack of value of the get, it actually qualifies in Nasina. It's almost like a Chiddush of Torah that that works. And therefore, says Rava, there's no problem with Bechasav, there's no problem with Vinasan, and therefore... Rav Chista, don't even bring that, don't even bring that halacha into here, right? Get that out of here. So, and by the way, Rav is going to also support this last thing, uh, point that he made, because Teda, you should know, the Shalchum Isam, that there was a case when they sent uh, a question from Eretz Yisrael, a message to us in Bavel, Kaswal Isurei Hana Kasher, and they pointed out that even if you write a get on Isurei Hana, right, on something which you're not allowed to have any Hana from, Right? So, right, things like the skin of a shorhaniskal, right? Kasher, the get is valid. That's, that's an extra level of chiddush, right? We're going we're gonna to analyze that a little extra, a little more. But the fact that we have this halacha, right, teaches you that what? That Barry, that even if a case, like I would say the next, the next level, not only does it not, um, uh, that not only if you write it on cheap paper, which doesn't have a lot of value as the get kosher, but even if something inherently is valueless, right? By definition, the get itself would still be kosher. We just need a substrate, right? We need something to, to hold this together, right? We need something to hold these words together so that they're not flying in the air. But as long as the words are not flying in the air and they have some, some landing spot that, to, to, to hand over, that's all we need. But that landing spot, that thing, needs to have no value whatsoever. Okay, so, by the way, Rav Chista kind of just backs off into the bushes here, right? He, like, we don't hear from him again about this topic. Rava wiped the floor with him. We don't know uh, what Rav Chista had in mind. Either way, Rava um, uh, put him in his place. And Vachasa and Nasan are both, right, 
uh, not going to be violated over here with this cat. The cat's fine. So now two dots, middle of Chafam Adalf, Gufa. Let's analyze this Kasval Yisur HaNa. So they said from right, so Kasval Yisur HaNa Kasha, right? The halacha is that if you write an Yisur HaNa, it's Kasha. So Amr Vashi, Afana Nami Tanina, Al Ha'alei Shel Zayis. Well, our very Mishnah said that what? That you can write a get on an olive leaf. So we don't need, right, this this uh, statement, like, what's this chiddush of the salacha that you can write on Yisur Hana? We have it in our Mishnah, straight out uh, that that you could write it on a, on an olive leaf. So says the Gemara. Dilma shiny aleishel zayis the chazalitz tarufa. Yeah, but aleishel zayis, right? Unlike in Yisur Hana, Rashi says, right, you could put a bunch of leaves together and like make pillow stuffing out of it. So, therefore, it has potential value, right? It's just. Uh, sorry, it's, so therefore, it's true that one leaf isn't going to sell for on the market, but it has some potential value. Whereas Yisur HaNah have no potential value. And it is for that reason that it is quoted that even Yisur HaNah, right, that's inherently Yasser, is still okay in order to send a get. So that was the Chiddush, and that's why we quote that instead of our Mishnah. It's a bigger Chiddush to say that even Yisur HaNah works fine. Now, <clears throat> Tanya, Rebbe Omer, Kosval Yisur Kasher, right, so when we said this halacha from Eretz Yisrael, that when you write in Yisur HaNah, it's kosher, Nafak Levi drashem the Rebbe. Levi went out and learned the following halacha in the name of Rebbe, Velokal Sua. And people didn't like this drasha. However, Mishmei the Rabbi, when he said in the name of the rabbis in general, the Sfarim say, so Vekal Sua. So there, they did like it. So we see that for, for whatever reason, it also discusses, this is, wait a minute, uh, we have... See, Rashi has a, an idea here. He says, because, because Tarach. In other words, because Levi was persistent and kept saying it, when he, and, and he kept saying it in the name of this one and in the name of this one until people bought in. So that's why they eventually let in. But he said, no, there's other cases where someone was persistent and it didn't work, it didn't work in their favor. This is not a persistence issue, says Tosvos. This is an issue of whether it's a yachid versus a rabbim. In other words, when he just said it in the name of one person, in the name of Rebbe, there was just one, a dos yachid. When they said it in the name of a, you know, a lot of people, so then already they had to accept it. So that seems to be Pasha Prad. It would be fascinating to see why Rashi says that it has to do with his persistence. Be that as it may, says the Gemara, Alma say, we see the Lacha is like, in fact, like Rebbe's ruling, like what Levi says, and indeed, Isurayana, uh, can be the, used for, for the cloth, for a get, and the get would still be valid. Fine. So, Taner Rabbanon, 15 lines up. Let's talk about actually writing get. You have to write it with ink and you can't just etch. Okay, right, new topic. Let's turn on the afterburners. Here we go. Are you going to say, why, why, why is writing good? Why are we making this inference that cut a diuk, right? That chasav works, but engraving not. Isn't engraving like writing? Because we have a brysa, and the, and the brysa would imply that Engraving is writing. Right. So as we've already uh, pointed out, there's a lot of a lot of overlap between uh, get nashim and get shichur of an evid. Right. The emancipation uh, get of an evid. So let's say an evid shows up and he's got right like a wooden board with his get shichur etched in it. It works. Wow. What will not work is if you embroider it on like a cap or, you know, like a, a, a Kanani that goes out becomes a, becomes Jewish, right? So they, 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 they're going to embroider into his yarmulke. But that's not going to work, right? 
Oh, no, Andrew's getting attacked. So, Amar Ula, what is that thing? So, Amar Ula, Amar Rabbi Lazar, Lo Kasha, Ha Dachak Tochos, Ha Dachak Yerechos. So, Rabbi Lazar is saying like this, yikes, that um, there's a difference between engraving and carving everything around, right? So, there's two ways to do it. Um, if you're an artisan, right? If you are carving around the letters such that you're carving away the background and then the letters are what are what pops up, so then that is actually not going to be valid, right? Because then you're not actually writing. That's tochos. As opposed to yurechos is you're actually etching the letters, which is to say, etching actual letters, that's like siva. But etching out the background so that the letters are what remains, that's not siva. And that's the difference, that if you etch, it actually will work for a get, that's because it is considered exiva, but only if you're etching the letters themselves, not the background around. Are you sure? Are you sure that etching around doesn't work? Or who we learned the following. Bryce of the contradicts. Right? Says the Brysa, with respect to what? As Rashi points out, the tzitz of the Kohen Gadol, right? That his... The, his tzitz had right lettering on it, and it was lat shokea. That was not etched in, but actually bolet kidinarizov. It was actually protruded. Oh, so if in fact, and and so so who cares? Like why? Who says that it has to be written? Yeah, because it says in the pasuk that that's considered ksiva. Because relative to the tzitz, look at the first wide line in Rashi: v'gabik tzitz ksiv and shmos michsav petuche chosam. Right. It says, Mikhtav Pituche Chosam. So, Amaksivahi. So, because it's referred to in the Chumash itself, right, in Shmos Lamates, as Mikhtav, as writing, and in fact, we see that it is protruded letters, but not, right, recessed, etched letters, and yet it's still considered Ksiva. So, whether it is Tochos or Yerechos, it should still be considered Ksiva, says the Gemara. No. Because Gedinar is of, Allah Gedinar is of. There's two. There's two ways. It was kind of like dinarizav, but not. What does it mean dinarizav? Like it sticks out like like blocks of gold. So dinarizav the bullet. Yeah, it looks like dinarizav, like golden coins, right? In the sense that it's protruded, right? Like you see Lyndon Johnson or whatever uh, uh, sticking out lahavdil right on the tits. But not dinarizav tochos right? That whereas typically right you have in minting of coins when you put it in it's almost like there's a template and then you you pound it out and what's what you're pounding out is the background and everything else sticks out that's how you mint coins but that's not how you make the tzitz as rashi explains when you make the tzitz you go in from the back side and you pound it so even though you're doing it backwards potentially or whatever you're when you're pounding out what are you doing the letters right so that's ksiva in other words guys the what defines ksiva is if the whatever artisan work you're doing is on the actual letters, not on the background, that's ksiva. And so the tzitz, even though it sticks out like a coin or like uh, dinarizav, right, it is done in a way where it's very thin and it's pounded out and the letters are actually pounded out as opposed to the background and therefore the tzitz, despite being bolet, right, is in fact considered ksiva and so the tzitz is ksiva and the tavla of the of the evidence ksiva, right? So all of these things are ksiva. But if you were in fact just to carve out the background, that would not be considered ksiva. Let's talk a little bit more about, about minting coins. Five lines up from bottom. When you use like the 
dye to stamp coins and indent the area around it, is that considered, right? It, does it indent? Or, or does in fact, right, compress the gold around and then bring everything else up to stick out around it? So, so when it comes to the coins, Ravashi said to Ravina that, no, that in fact, it, it's actually etching out. So says the Gemara, But I thought we said, right, that it wasn't shokeah, but bolet kedinare zav with respect to the tzitz. And if you think that the way you do coins is michas charitz, as we turn to chafam beis, habayina michsav aleka, right? You would need to have right michtav over there because that's what it says by tzitz, and we don't have it. But again, Ravashi is going to defend it just like we said uh, already that kedinare zav zav. It's protruded in a certain way, right? And therefore, right, the stamping would actually. Right, form the letters because why? Because Kedinar is of the bullet, that even though it protrudes by the tzitz, that, right, for there, in the case of coins, the, the, the stamp is done on the very side where it's actually going to be sticking out. And therefore, what you're really essentially doing is only pounding out the background. Whereas in the case of the tzitz, you're doing it from the backside, right? Which is pounding out as we've described, and you're actually etching out the letters in that fashion. Fine. So now three lines down on Chafam Beis. Let's talk about engraving a get on a metal plate. This is a fascinating case. Uh, he's the husband is giving her, he's paying off her ksuba, but he's doing a fascinating thing, Barry. He's writing the, he's engraving the get, so we said that's fine, fine. Engrave it into the metal. Yeshakoch, go for it. But what's going on? He's taking a precious metal, and the entire value of what he's giving her, he's taking a tray, and the entire value of her ksuba is in the tray. Such that what? The, this is like a abstract thing. The letters upon which the get is written, those very letters are written in precious metal, uh, engraved in precious metal, and the entire value of the ksuba is the exact value of this thing. So if you re- to remove the actual value of the metal that are, m- that are in the get, you would have less than the value of the ksuba, you see? So he's not giving her any value whatsoever in terms of the get. However, he is giving her her actual value of her ksuba in the get. So mahu, wo be the lacha. So what's the problem? So if Nachman says, Amalayin, iskab lagitam and iskab laksuvasa. So if Nachman says, yeah, sure, the get works because it's written properly and the ksuba works because she's getting the proper value. What's the problem? It's fungible. What? It's not fungible. What is she going to do with it? Oh. She saved the get and she can't, can't melt it down. Exactly. So Andrew says, what are you talking about? How is she going to, in other words, the only way she's going to actually get this money, it's not liquid, <laughs> Right? The only way she's going to access the money is by getting rid of her get. <laughs> right? So, Eisve, the Morris said, the, the Brysa says exactly what Andrew's saying. Um, very similar to what Andrew's saying. That, if, that in order for this to work, the husband has to say, take this get and the rest, meaning what's not, what the get is not written on should be for your ksuba. So then maybe you could like, in theory, even that still, still the guy is a jerk, right? Because she can't really use it. She can't really use this money without getting rid of a get. Although you could say one, maybe once she has the get, she can already like get a receipt and, and, she's, and, and the getting works and then she could sell it. You know, she doesn't have to keep this get. But there's an additional issue. 
not just that it's not fungible, it's also that the letters themselves have no value, as we'll see. It says, Niskabla Gita Vasharlok Subasa. The Brysa is saying over here that the only way it would work is if the value of this silver tray without the letters of the get, right, included, are worthy of, are, are, is enough value to give her the ksuba. Why? Says the Gemara, time of the ikashar. Because you need to have the rest of the value, halekashar low. But if you don't have the rest of the ksuba and the rest of the get, of silver get, it doesn't work. Why? Rashi gives you a little bit of lumbus here. The makam get by the mace of la matana gemura. Mishum gerishin, veloshem piron, dechsev venasan. Nesina, Andrew. Nesina has to be given, right? Not, not just lashem piron. In other words, it's an interesting. Venasan la, it has to be given. So when you give a ksuba, you're actually, what? You're satisfying your uh, financial obligation to the woman. That's not a nesina. That's a, fi- that's a satisfaction. That's a piron. That's a satisfaction of a monetary obligation. And therefore, those letters can't be included in the value. That's the issue that they're saying. So the Gemara says, no. Even if there's no remainder, it would still work. And why does it work? And what we're learning, the reason we have the second price is that even when there's a remainder, in other words, that it all depends on his kavana or what he says. If he tells her that the rest is going to be his payment, then it'll work. If not, not. My time, what's the reason? Avira de Megiltahu, right? Because the rest of the silver plate is the airspace of the document, right? Is, is, is the document. And that's why you have to specify. In other words, a get is not for Piron, so therefore you need to de- designate it as such. Right, but once you've designated it as such, and you said, "I'm not doing this as piron, but I'm giving it to you as a get," then in fact should work. Wow, can you do that? Can you read? Uh, so the chiddush here is that, and we're going to get into it a little bit more. That it actually will work uh, further on. Tanar banar sheli. Right, so the, even here is a more extreme case. So now we're really getting into the lumbus of this. I I want to hold on to the paper. You can have this get. Right, so we talked about Isurei Hana. Here we're talking about there's no value. The guy wants to keep the value of the paper. Here, here's your get. I'm going to take the parchment back. Ain't a megareshet. So there she's not going to be a megareshet because why? Because Rashi says the kevenshin yar shelo lo nasan laklum. Because that says Rashi's osios porchos beavir. You can't just give her letters. So you can't take back the the cloth. So then she's not megareshet. Amanachet tachzir liyatzaniyah harazim megareshes. But if so, again. Uh, so now you're seeing the answer. It doesn't have to be fungible. A guy can actually literally tell his wife, uh, here's your get, give me back the parchment once you're Meguresheth. And that will work, right? So all you have to do is do the procedure, the get, Gerish and Eschal, then you take back the paper. But if you say, at the moment of the passing of the get, then the arrow's mine, that's not going to work. She is going to be Meguresheth. So we're going to analyze this tomorrow in the middle of Chafam and Bez with the questions of Rapapa. And Rami Barchama on this issue. And it's good to be back. And Bazat Hashem, tomorrow we will in fact finish the daft. Don't worry, Andrew. You look concerned.